Holy Spirit, we come before you and we thank you right now for an anointing upon your children. You said out of the abundance of our soul, out of our heart, that our mouth is to speak. And Lord, I praise you for revelation today going into hearts of men and women and children to vocalize and declare. For Job said, I would declare a thing and it shall be done unto me. Lord, I pray over each and every one as they declare restoration over their family over their finances, over their home, over their dreams. Lord, just put within their hearts to stir, to speak restoration over different areas of their life. And we may speak it. You may confirm your word from our hearts with signs and wonders. We just praise you for what you're doing here today, mighty God. And the precious and the omnipotent name of Jesus. Amen. Let's just give the Lord a round of praise for it right now. Let's just praise Him for it. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Hallelujah. Well, are you blessed today? Are you ready for some more? You know, been getting a, I think I've gotten more emails and things and calls over the last two, three weeks than I have in a long time. Even touching France. Hello, France today. Hallelujah. And all those on the internet. And one of the things that's been on my heart that I want to share with you is, you know, they say one out of five will die of, the ma- of heart disease, which is the major uh, reason of death here in America. One out of five will die of heart disease. And when you watch TV and you read magazines and books, there's so much information on try to, how to help people not to go through the, that, that heart disease and die through it. And there's such studies on how to better live longer and guard your heart. But do you know one out of every two marriages will end in divorce? One in every two marriages will end in divorce, but one in every five will die of a heart attack. There's more divorces happening in our country than even the major reason for death. But yet there's more information on how to keep your heart young than there is on how to save your marriage. And, you know, uh, I apologize if I have said a few things where I've gone a few areas over the last few weeks in the area of marriage, but it's such a desensitized lifestyle today that this is such a problem within homes and marriages and, and children and marriages that are just hearing things from places they shouldn't be hearing it, that if we don't do it from the pulpit... I shared with an elder the other day, the old school way of preaching on marriage is not going to make it for this school generation now. And we have to break some things, and God wants you to know that he wants to restore. So many have been from a past where they didn't have a mom or a dad to be an example to them. So many people were raised from different homes and all the different things that have happened in their life, and God wants to bring restoration, and he wants you to know that you can live, you can live happily ever after. That if you have been divorced, he wants to restore you and give you that right one. But if, but if you're struggling in your marriage, and may, you may be listening by internet or by CD, he, he wants to heal your marriage. And he wants to show you that there is life ever, happiness ever after. Amen. But it takes information because problems do not go away by themselves. Just like heart problems or any other thing. They will not go away by themselves. And many times people will not want to receive a lot of times people live in denial. Well, I don't have a problem until how many times people wake up and they realize or they say, I want a divorce. I'm not in love with you anymore. When did this happen? 
Because when you live in denial, you don't see the signs that something's happening. A lot of times there was not the teaching or the ministry. And so God, God's put on my heart. He wants, the church can only be as strong as the marriages within the church. And that's what God wants to build. So that's some things I want to share with you today. And we want to see some healing take place. How to enjoy life together forever. And look at this in Song of Solomon. Man, this man had it together. He said, you are beautiful, my darling. Beautiful beyond words. <laughs> you say, I don't know what to say. Well, there you go. Your eyes are like doves behind your veil. Your hair falls in waves like flock of goats. Man, when I put my, run my hand through your fingers, man, all I need to hear is that you like a hell like goat. Your hair falls in waves like a flock of goats winding down the slopes of Gilead. Your teeth are as white as sheep. <laughs> Recently shorn and freshly washed, your smile is flawless, each tooth matched by its twin. <laughs> now you may be saying, what is this guy talking about? Well, you know, hygiene wasn't that good. They had a lot of toothless people in those days. And so he was praising God for every tooth. But just to make this simple for you to understand, in the book of Solomon, if you don't know this, in the book of Solomon, and this, this, we need to know this, there's 80 praises to one another. In eight small chapters, they do not ever cease in complimenting and praising one another. You need to write that down. Solomon praised her 50 times, and she praised him back 30 times. Means, man, we got our work cut out for us. But he's talking here about your beauty, and and we're, I didn't bring the, uh, I don't have it on the overhead, but I want if you ha want to just look at Song of Solomon, and I want to bring out a few points here, in Song of Solomon chapter four. I'm not going to go into everything that's here. Some things y'all need to read at home. But I want you to see some things here in chapter four, verse six says, "Until the day breaks." I mean, sometimes you're going to spend some time, and one of the things you're going to learn from Solomon, and, and I'm going to be sharing it with you this morning, is the area of patience like a, a deer hunter. How many deer hunters do we have in here this morning? Okay, how many of you know you don't go in the woods with a machine gun like Rambo to tear down all the deer? You go in the stand, and you're willing to stay there for hours. You're willing to get there before the daylight, and you're willing to wait and be patient for the deer to come along. It's not something that you just rush into. It's something you have to wait that comes to you. And that's what you do when you start, what we're going to learn this morning, that real love and healing and building a relationship that you really desire and want comes way before the touch. That we come to understand the most sensitive part in any of our lives, whether it be a man or a woman, is the ears. And one thing that Song of Solomon teaches us with 80 different praises to one another is the importance on how to speak and say the words that causes defenses to come down. And he talks until the day breaks. It says in verse 7, you are all fair, my love. Listen to this. There is no spot in you. The Living Bible says you are altogether beautiful, my darling, beautiful in every way. The message says beautiful beyond comparison, absolutely flawless. Do you hear the words that he's speaking to her? Man, you need to lose some weight. Boy, that, how many know that gets you a long ways? He has come to fall in love, and he's going to use words to express and word pictures to express his love towards her, that she is flawless in character. And, and the thing about it is, is that 
you're going to see some things here today about getting free from comparison. Because, for example, and, and this doesn't hurt my, my feelings at all. That's why I'm going to use this example. And, and uh, I respect and I appreciate these guys, but they're, they're, they're starch jeans. Got their line just right. They look good. But I like jeans with holes in them. And, you know, I have buddies tell me, they go, you know what, man, I got an old pair of jeans at home I could have gave you instead of you buying those. And, yeah, guess what? I spent money for these jeans with holes in them. And you see these holes as flaws. I see them as character. You see them as, that guy needs to buy some jeans. I see them as cool. Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. And so I don't dress for you like I don't ask you to dress for me. And I don't get offended when you don't like things I like. And I don't, you don't need to get offended when I don't like things you like. There's different tastes and there's different things. But the thing about it is, is that I don't consider these. I'll pay good money for jeans with holes in them because I don't see the flaws. I see the character. And so many times we major on the flaws of one another. Instead of majoring on the real beauty that is in and upon that person that attracted us there in the first place. And over years, you start getting cold and indifferent. You start separating and you start, the marriage seems to start falling apart and, and disting itself because we're majoring so much on how I want you to be instead of the reason you drew me to you. And so there's some lessons here that Paul, I mean not Paul, but Solomon is teaching us here even in this about the importance about you are flawless in every way. And then it goes on, verse 8, talks about leopard sheets. She was, you know, verse 9, it says, You have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. In other words, the spirit and the soul part. You have ravished my heart with one look of your eyes. One glance of your eyes, you have stolen my heart forever. Verse 11, we want to go into it, but it talks about milk and honey under her tongue. In other words, they're French kissing. And uh, that's why I'm not going to go into a whole lot of this this morning. But one of the things that you can learn from the book of Solomon is that you're not ever supposed to stop kissing. Can I hear an amen? amen. You hear people see older people kissing. They go, oh, look how they're kissing. Well, the thing about it is as years go by, you get out of practice. But how many of you know you're not supposed to get out of practice? Chapter 7, chapter 8 is all about they're up in age. But man, they still got it going on. I mean, isn't that, wouldn't that be awesome if you see your grandparents 85 years old and they're still French kissing? I mean, that'd be cool, man. Well, my papa, he's great, man. Look at he's still got it, dude. But think about it is, is that, you know, you get what you put into it. And, you know, most of the time, you even see in the movies, most of the time, you just see somebody, they're just doing a little peck. What is that? A kiss is not a kiss until he says their lips are red like velvet. I mean, they're red, bud. Something's been going on. You kiss her like you mean it. Somebody laughed real good right there. She knows that you're in love with her. She knows that you're crazy about her. And he's saying here, you are beautiful, my darling, beautiful beyond words. So I'm going to give you pictures to tell you what, what I feel. He's saying, I'm complimenting you. He's complimenting her. Even before the touching or anything happens, I'm not, I'm not in a hurry here. What I want to see is I want to see you get 
an atmosphere of love and security and relaxation. And it goes on to talk about there in uh, chapter 4 about the mountains. It says, come, O north wind. North wind speaks of power. South wind speaks of gentleness. And then he t- he, she invites him to, uh, to be with her and love her. But he talks here about uh, the leopards. And, and I, and I want to talk to you about this a little bit in, in, a, in a minute. About the leopards and the lions represent the pure pressure. We want to deal with some pressures, the different ones are dealing with that. The pure pressure that causes you to close up and the pure pressure that causes you to back away. The pure pressure and the different things that are bombarding your mind and bombarding your heart to where you can't enjoy one another. You can't trust one another. You can't create an atmosphere that causes trust and security so they could be a healing. Because without healing because of things in the past, like I shared with you before, this woman here, she'd been hurt and wounded. And she says, don't look at me. I'm, I'm not lovely to behold. I'm dark. My brothers abused me. I went through all these different things but he slowly wooed her and healed her and so we got to work on these things about filling her emotional tank and just just speaking to her how many of you know it's fun just to talk on the phone sometimes with your mate amen or y'all don't do that Cindy called me Friday she had some time free between counseling sessions and she called and we just had the date time we had planned we had it over the phone uh, Friday night then she got home and and everything, but you know, the thing about it is, is that a lot of people are falling into affairs through internet and through phone calls because the words are not happening at home. They're not saying, You're beautiful, my darling, beyond comparison. No one can compare to you. Telling her all the time, telling him all the time, I know why I married you. And the thing I want you to understand that as we go through this, as, as we go through this, we're not going to go through the whole chapter, but I want you to see when he starts talking about her teeth and he starts talking about different things, he starts piece by piece, inch by inch. This is when they're young. He talks from the top of her head to the soles of her feet because he even says in this chapter, you're beautiful from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. But as they get older, he starts from the feet in chapter 7 and 8. He starts from the feet and he goes back up to the hair. But he takes his time and he talks about her eyes, he talks about her teeth, he talks about her ears, he talks about her neck. He slowly just starts going over the different places, just admiring the different parts of her. You're beautiful and, and you're wonderful and just create an atmosphere of security and an atmosphere of beauty and just admiring the gift that God gave. And, and, and how many of you know, brothers and sisters, that we've got to learn to admire the gift that God gave us and just take our time and just, your, your eyes are beautiful. And he would speak of dove's eyes, which speaks of gentleness and tenderness of what he saw and, and just preparing that person and complimenting her and, and, and bring her to the point of just working in it. And, and how many of you, if you're taking notes, guys, you can't ever stop being a player with your wife. Amen? You can't ever stop being a player. I know men who say, well, you know, Brother Russell, it's just stop me to compliment. But I hear them same guys compliment another woman or somebody they seen on TV And I think, oh, you can compliment. You're just complimenting the wrong person. My grandfather and my grandmother on my mom's side, they were up in age and they slept in separate bedrooms. And he didn't compliment her. But boy, all he could, he compliment her sisters, my aunts and others. And he'd get up out of the couch to give them a big bear hug till they squeal. But he'd never give my grandmother a bear hug. And how many of you know that if you're going to have a good marriage, you got to always be a player, then therefore they won't ever go and try to be played by somebody else. Solomon was a player. This lady was a player. 
She'd put it on. He'd put it on, and it would keep on coming back for more. And there are things in our marriage that we got to work on and, and complimenting and making them feel comfortable. And uh, you just got to keep working it, baby. That's all that's to it. Look at your and say, work it, baby. You got to work it. And you got to catch their character traits, their physical attributes. You got to just look for things that causes them well, the praise behind the words. And he speaks of, about her teeth and he compliments how pretty they are. And then I, I want you to see here in, in verse 3. Then he talks, you see, he goes to the lips. He just goes in different places. Your lips are like scarlet ribbon. Your mouth, there he talks about the mouth. Your mouth is inviting. Well, you're quiet in here. Your cheeks are like rosy pomegranates behind your veil. See, she still has her veil on. Your neck is as beautiful as the Tower of David, jeweled with the shields of a thousand heroes, each tooth matched with its twin. He keeps going back to the teeth. He keeps going back to the different places and how beautiful, how attractive you are, how much you mean to me. These are things to know now. Amen. These are things we've got to learn because we get in a habit of living every day without going over what we love about that person. And I'm telling you, there's some hungry people, starved men and women, who are starved for compliments, for love. They're hungry for attention, and they need healing of their past. And part of that is going back to the point of just admiring them the way you did when you were dating them. To start that dating and that courtship all over again. And the Tower of David, let me share this with you about the Tower of David because we go, what is he talking about the Tower of David? The Tower of David was the real tall tower that David built around Jerusalem. And all of his mighty men hung their swords around this tower. And when the shields were hanging around the tower, the sun would reflect. The farmers and the shepherds could look a long ways off and they could see the sun reflecting off of these shields. And they knew as long as the shields were in their place of the David's warriors, it meant security and it meant safety. But when they would look and the shields were gone, they knew that the enemy were coming and the men were getting ready for war. So what this guy is saying right here, he's saying, your neck reminds me of a place of security. And as long as I know that, that you're mine and you know that I'm yours, you are holding your head high. You're not looking down like someone beaten down, someone trashed, someone shamed, but you're holding your head high. The neck, write this down, the neck speaks of her character. She holds her head high because her husband has made her feel like she's important. She holds her head high and she's not embarrassed to walk into different places and she's not embarrassed in front of people because she feels, because of her husband has made her feel like he's so, she's so important. She's not beat down, but she's special. She's confident and he speaks these things to her to, to just encourage her and to, and to help her. You know, the Bible says, and I'll show you this in Genesis 12. It says, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you with abundant of increase in favors and make your name famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing dispenser. Say it with me. Dispensing good to others. And look at this. And I will bless those who bless you. And I love this in the Amplified. It says, who confer prosperity and happiness upon you. Who you confer a blessing upon, I will confer a blessing upon you. Now, what's happening a lot of times that we're not being fulfilled in our relationships is because we're not conferring a blessing upon them. For example, so many times we're so busy talking about what we don't like about our mate, what we don't like about romance, 
That we need to be conferring or putting that power into the word of blessing. Lord, I bless my marriage today. I bless the romance, the intimacy of my marriage. I bless, Lord, the lines of our property. I bless our home. I bless it with peace. I confer a blessing upon it. Therefore, what we confer blessings upon, God confer blessings upon us. So it's important to bless your spouse. Instead of complain about them, bless them. Lord, I just speak blessing upon their bodies. I just pray healing on the back, on, from the top of her head. I, I pray healing in, in the gums, in, in her heart, in her, her blood pressure, in his blood pressure. And you just start praying over them and confer blessings. And that power of that blessing will go into operation. And, and as you're blessing them, something starts happening to them. And there's a, listen, in the power of blessing, there's a connection. Tell me you don't feel closer to people who bring you a gift. You feel appreciated when somebody brings you a gift. When somebody tells you a kind word and compliment, you feel like you're growing closer together. But if there's no compliments or if there's nothing, no giving or receiving there, that there's not that bond there. There's a bond when a husband and a wife blessing. When you take communion and you bless one another over communion, there's a bond that grows there that the enemy cannot separate. Because I shared with you that the moment Adam and Eve were brought together, the enemy came in the garden to separate them. And the enemy will try to come in and he will try to attack. I mean, he'll try, uh, try to attack. He's trying to attack this body just because I've been preaching on marriage. Why? He wants the 56% divorce rate. He wants to cripple our children and their future and their view on marriage. He wants to come in and cripple marriages so he can cripple the image of the church. And, and I have received uh, this paperwork not long ago from an organization that is showing... In our country, the fight that's going on about same-sex marriages. And, and, and I'm not going to go into what all this map details, but I'm telling you, we are in a battle over marriage. We are in a battle of God's idea for marriage, for romance, for love, and for intimacy. And it's because for too long, the church and the world has allowed the world to tell them what romance and how to enhance your marriage and how to do all these things. And they use all these worldly things to try to enhance the marriage and not the way that God intended and not the everlasting way that will make the marriage last forever. So we need this instruction because it's so important. If we see that... To keep heart trouble down is to stop eating so much bacon and eggs and everything else. Well, we got to see that if we're going to keep our marriages strong, it might mean, hey, a little bit more kissing, a little bit more compliments. Amen. So you bless these things and you see that the insecurities will come down and she takes her veil off and she allows her hair to come down. And then she starts saying there in uh, 2 Solomon 2.16, my lover is mine and I am his. And when you study this in the Hebrew, she goes from different levels of being more and more open. It says in, in the chapter uh, 6 verse 3, I am my lover's and my lover is mine. She's getting more free. She's getting more uh, into it. And then it says in chapter 7 verse 10, I am my lover's and he claims me as as his own. There's a depth going on in there. And, and it, it talks about here 50 times that Solomon's com communicating his value to his bride with pictures and, and trying, not trying, listen, he's not trying to change her. He's trying to build her up. Do you ever hear him in Song of Solomon? In all 80 praises, he's never trying to change her. And she's never trying to change him. They're building each other up. I'm going to be speaking in a, next week about, you know, a lot of people are thinking, you know, all this romance stuff is good and all that, but, you know, we don't kiss in our family. We fight. 
Well, next week, I'm going to be talking about how to handle conflicts in marriage. Because that's an area that many of us have gone through or going through or will go through. And it's how to handle those conflicts. And so there's different areas we've got to understand how to work with these things and how to build each other up. And I want to show you a scripture here in Psalms 22, verse 3. Write this down. O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. And I want you to write that word inhabit. And I know we use this. This is talking about God. But when you look this up in the Hebrew, that word inhabit is a word for marriage. And I want to give you the definition. That word inhabit in the Hebrew means to dwell a lengthy residency. It's not just going to last a year or two and then it's over. That word inhabit means they're going to live with you and they're going to stay with you. It's used in marriage. It means to dwell. Oh, in other words, if there is praises to God that's regularly going on in your life, there's going to be a flow. There's going to be a peace. The same thing in your marriage. If there's compliments and praises going on in your marriage, they're going to stay with you and they're going to plan on staying. They're not going to want to leave you. They're not going to want to find somebody else. Nobody else is even going to be a temptation to that other person. Why? Because they inhabit or dwell a lengthy residency in the place of of, uh, praises and and, uh, blessing them. Now, I want to show you a picture here. Here's a player. Uh, I tell you, he's got it going on there. And how many of you know I spoke last week about tradition? I want to talk to you about the tradition of being on the knee. The word worship or to praise means to bow the knee in Hebrew. And it's also a marriage word. And this word to bow means to show high value or acceptance. When Greg was proposing to his wife right here, and when he was on his knee, he was saying, I value you above any other woman, and I will... I want you to accept me, and I accept you, and I want to spend the rest of my life with you and you only. He's showing value to her. That word there means to attach great importance to her. It's a picture that I'm valuing you. And it's an image and a picture that Solomon was using word pictures to enhance what he was trying to say. That's what you're doing here when you do different things and you tell them that, you know, you remind me of this and you remind me of that. I don't, their sister Pat, she took some pictures of a sunset and uh, made a DVD so that you can have a devotion and pray. Look, she got up and she took on a digital camera number of pictures on sunsets and then she uh, wrote on that DVD the, the awesomeness of God. And, and, and so you just look at that and you just, you just, it's just captivated. Well, that's what happens when you start complimenting one another. You start getting captivated with one another and different things start reminding you and you start wanting to be around each other and you start enjoying each other's fellowship because you value them and it means that you're honoring them and you bless them and you're attached them to them and nobody else is going to uh, detach them. It means you're special. Amen. It means you're special. Your hair is special. Everything about you is special. But this is the area that we got to get to. Is that when you start, listen to me, when you start complimenting one another, so many people are not used and do not know how to take a compliment. And when you start saying, you are so beautiful, you're so wonderful, ladies, don't respond, what do you want? That got a reaction. Okay, I'm hitting home now, okay. Or you tell your husband, oh, you're so strong, okay, what's the honeydew list? Just for no reason at all, learn to compliment and learn to take compliments. Amen. I feel the atmosphere starting to react, re- relax. Okay, go ahead and relax. I'm not going to be going into areas that make you nervous. I know you're holding your breath. Breathe. 
I'm going to give you some areas that everybody can hear, and we all got to learn to understand. The area of compliments. And I want to share something with you. Be careful about trying to live. Many times, wives, especially wives, say, I'm tired. I'm wore out. And I want to share with you, a lot of the reason why you're tired and you're wore out is because the leopard or the pure pressure, even from religion, is wearing you down that you're not good enough and you are trying to be accepted in other people's eyes and you can't accept the love and the acceptance that's coming through the eyes and the mouth of your husband or your wife. I'll give you an example. So many times people are saying, you know what, and I'm not against homeschooling. We did some homeschooling. Thank God for homeschooling. But many times somebody will go up to a, a sister and go, you know what, if you really loved your kids, you would homeschool. You wouldn't put them in a public school. And then others will say, you know what, if you really loved your kids, you wouldn't put them in a public school. You'd put them in a Christian school. And there's all these pressures. You know what, you wear too much makeup. Then someone else comes and well, you know what, you, wear, you don't wear enough makeup. You know what, if you were a good Christian person, you wouldn't let your kids uh, go to prom. Or if you were a good Christian mom and dad, you wouldn't let your daughters be a cheerleader. Because you know what that does? That opens the doors for evil spirits. And you know, they, they, they start telling all this stuff. You start feeling this peer pressure where, you know, I'm not a good mama. You know, I'm not a good dad. I keep making all these mistakes. And I keep falling under this pressure. And, and you know, if, if I was a good mom, the house would be in better condition. If I was a good mom, I, I, would, I would cook more. But, and, and so many people would say, you know what, you ought to learn to cook like Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart knew how to cook. Well, you know what, she knew how to do do time too you know you ought to be more like Oprah Renfrew you know you ought to have it all together well you know what she doesn't have a husband again she doesn't have any children and she's got a whole staff that does nothing but cater to her you can't live your life comparing yourself to other people and you can't even let people who are stuck in, an, in a mindset of religion push you into an area where, I, I don't think you ought to be doing that. I don't think, you know, you'd be a better mother if you'd homeschool. Thank God for homeschooling. I think those who are homeschooling, you ought to do it. Do it. I mean, just go ahead and do it. But it doesn't mean that it's the thing for everybody. So you don't need to be feeling that pressure because you're feeling the pressure that you have to please everybody. Let me just bring something down home to you. In a church like this, we got a lot of people who sell Avon, Mary Kay. And you feel the pressure that you got to buy from everybody. And you ain't got enough money to how to pay all your bills, but you know, you can't say no. So you're under the pressure. You want to make this one happy. And then somebody comes up to you and says, man, I got a great deal for you. You need to join this pyramid thing. You need to join this company. If you join this company, you'll keep going up to the top and you listen and it sounds good. And you don't know how to say no, so you feel obligated. And so you're under all this pressure. And so you're going to join this company and you join that company. You're going to sell Mary Kay. You're going to sell Avon. You're going to sell this. You're going to sell that. You're going to get into this. You're going to get into that. And before you know it, your head's going around. I don't know how I'm going to pay for everything. I got enough Mary Kay in my closet to give everybody deodorant in my neighborhood. I got enough makeup to paint, paint up everybody in the hospital. I mean, you know, you got stuff coming in and out. You can't say no and you're under all this pressure. I got to please everybody. I got to please everybody. I got to please by everybody. I don't know how I'm going to live. Oh, I got to please them. I got to please this one. I got to please that one. And you're driving yourself crazy trying to live up to everybody's ex uh, ex examples and opinions and you've got to learn to be yourself. Amen. You got to learn to be yourself. You wonder why you're sick and tired. Well, it's because you're trying to live a life pleasing everybody instead of pleasing each other. Well, honey, what if we do this? Well, you know, what will they think? Who cares? 
What makes you two happy? What do y'all need? What are you looking for? And so I want to show this to you scripturally. Look at it, 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought Christ, this is the religious mentality, we thought Christ merely from a human point of view. That's what religion does. Look at things from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has become. We've stopped evaluating one another from a human point of view. Amen. Aren't you ready for that, even in the church? Well, you know, I think you ought to wear uh, uh, a dress. You know, I think you ought to wear a pantyhose. Well, I think you ought to do this. I think a pastor's wife ought to play the keyboard. Well, you know what? I didn't marry her if she played the keyboard. I married her because I fell in love with her. But we put people into these mindsets where you ought to be more like this. Well, I think you ought to be more like this. We ought to be more like that. You got to get to the point. Honey, I want you like you are. Husband, you're my man. I'm not, I don't want you to dress like Brother Russell. I don't want you to dress like Sister Cindy, especially your husband. You want him to dress like Sister Cindy. <laughs> I don't want you to be a copy. I haven't married a copy. You know, there are ladies, every time you see them, they've colored their hair a different color. They've, done, used, they've gone through every color in the crayon box. <laughs> and different cuts. And there's nothing wrong with that, but... The thing about it is, is that, you know, somebody on TV shows up, or they watch the red carpet, and so they write down who they want to look like next, and, and all that. Be who each other, who you, husband and wife, be who each other wants to be. I don't try copying nobody. I am who I am. I dress like I like to dress. My wife dresses like she likes to dress, and how I like her to dress. And don't give in to the pure pressure because it will put pressure on you and it will affect your marriage because you're living for others instead of living for each other. I'm going to give you some scriptures pretty because it says, I'm going to show you some scriptures here. It says this is why you even leave your mom and dad to cleave to your husband and your wife. That their opinions don't push you into doing things that you and her are not comfortable at doing. You are one together. This important thing is that y'all are bonding and you're building a relationship and not being puppeted or, or pulled down by somebody else's attitudes or ideas or what they want. You've got to give in to what you desire to do. Now, look at this, Psalms 45, verse 10. Listen, O daughter, give attention and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house. Now, you don't forget them. You never quit honoring them. But listen to what he's saying. He's saying, I want, write this down, I want my voice... To be louder than any other voice trying to speak into your life. What I think about you is more important than what your brothers or your sisters think about you. What I think about you is more important and it ought to be more important to you than your co-workers at work think about you. What I think about you and what I say about you is more important than even things that have been told over you in your past. What I say, listen to my heart because I'm sharing my heart, not my opinions. I'm sharing my heart to you. 
And he's saying, listen, old daughter. And so many people, listen, if I would be preaching a message right now on hell con condemnation, if I'd be preaching about how bad things you are and, and, and the things you do and how it, it makes a person bad, and if I'd preach that type of stuff, a lot of people can accept hard preaching more than edification preaching. Because it's easy to believe bad about myself instead of believing good about me. And so when you preach something like this, you don't understand. I've been divorced. I'm I've been sexually active. I've done things to ruin my life. I don't want to know what God really thinks about me. And here's the word. Daughter, give ear and attention to what I have to say about you. Even let my voice overshadow what you're even thinking about yourself. Let me fulfill what I want to do to you. And I want to show you an example here in Genesis. We went back to Genesis. And, I, and we're not going to go through all this. But right here in Genesis, the devil is telling Eve. In other words, he's telling Eve, you're not good enough. You need to be more like God. So if you take this fruit, you'd be like God. You'd be wiser. There's always the voice of the enemy trying to tell you you're not a good enough wife. You're not a good enough mother. The reason your husband left you because you weren't good enough. The reason your wife left you because you weren't doing this enough. And there's all these thoughts and all these things bombarding you. And God is saying, listen to me. Let me tell you what I think about you and how I feel about you and how much you mean to me. Amen. So many times people, they, they, they settle for less. I want to share something with you that, that I felt the Holy Spirit put in my heart to share with you today. The Bible says in Psalms 23 verse 5 that he prepares a banqueting table for you. He wants you to sit at this table and he wants to receive the feast that he's prepared for you. In the New Testament, it spoke about this lady who was a Samaritan. She was known as a dog and she came to Jesus. And, and it was good fitting in that moment. She said that she was even willing to eat the crumbs that fell from the table. And as I was meditating, I felt the Lord brought it to my attention. I even looked it up in the dictionary. And the word crumb means a small, of now, a small amount of something, but we can't figure it out yet. And the word crumbs come from the 16th century definition of dummy. So don't settle for a crummy dummy. Just because you feel like you've made some mistakes in your past, don't settle for the crumbs. I'm talking to the singles right now. Don't settle for the crumbs because it means a small amount of something. It means an unfair and unsatisfaction share of something, but you can't quite figure it out yet. A crumb will never commit. Somebody who's a crumb will say, if you do for me, I'll do for you. A crumb is the type of person who's always out for himself in the best interest of him or herself, but not for you. And the crumb is the type that if you don't do for me, I'll drop you. A crumb says, I might, not I will. And a crumb says, maybe one day and not today. So don't get committed to a crumb and don't let a crumb tell you who you are and what you are. Let God speak to you. Let his word speak to you and minister to who you are. Don't settle for a crumb of a guy or a woman. You deserve the best no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. No matter where you're living right now, God wants to give you the best. And even if you've already been through a divorce, he wants to bring somebody else more wonderful into your life. But you have to be careful that you don't settle for just anything but something precious, something good. Look what it says in Psalms 45, 11. It says, then the king will desire. Say with me, desire your beauty. The NIV says it this way. 
The king is enthralled by your beauty. Now, I looked up that word thralled, enthralled, and it means captivated, enslaved. Listen to what that means. It means to hold under strong influence. I'm captivated by your beauty. I'm held, I'm enthralled, I'm held captivated by your beauty. I'm enchanted, I'm fascinated. God, God is saying this, that you have captured my love, captured my attention. And that's how it's supposed to be in marriage, is that when you fall in love with one another, you've captivated my attention. You are, I am under your influence and you're under my influence. I'm spellbound by you. How many of you know that you, you just can't get, when you're spellbound, you can't get your eyes off of them because they're beautiful to you? Now, we've had three beautiful boys. Brandon was just the beautiful baby. Lance, he was born real hairy, but he was beautiful. But, but Cody, I, when he was born, I nicknamed him Yoda. I mean, Yoda had just came out, and he looked just like Yoda. And I nicknamed him. Cindy, Cindy would go, oh, my precious baby. I say, look at little Yoda. I even wanted to buy a Yoda, and he always liked Yoda. Maybe that's why. But you know what? Even though he looked like Yoda... I couldn't take my eyes off of him. I was spellbound. Look at my boy. Look at these toes. Look at this, these feet. Look at these little hands. I was spellbound and captivated by my children. Every time one of them was born, wow, this is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. And other people might would comment different things, but it didn't matter. That's my child. He's beautiful. He's beautiful, even though he's probably look like Yoda. <laughs> beautiful, spellbound, captivated. And that's how we need to be with each other as far as mates go. You can't put my mate down because my mate's the best. You not speak down about my husband or my wife because I'm under their influence. I'm under their spell. I'm theirs and theirs is mine. You see how this works? Here she was talking about, you shaped me, you formed me. I'm marvelous made. What a creation. I was sculpted from nothing into something. That's the attitude that God wants to get. Because how can you help build somebody up unless you're built up yourself? David was sure of himself because of his relationship with God. Therefore, he could build other people up. You've got to learn and understand that you're special in your own special way. And that's what somebody uh, saw, that person you married, uh, saw in you when, when, when you started dating because they saw. And you've got to own that. You've got to own that. I am special. I'm marvelous made. I'm beautiful. How many of you know, I shared with you last week, you ladies are made out of something that men weren't made out of. We were made out of mud pies. Just like the animals, we were made, plop, plop, there you are. Okay, let's breathe life into them. But he crafted and made you special. And God does not want you living, ladies, all of your life thinking you're unspecial, you're, you're, you're not important, you're, you're lower than this and that and the other, and that you are just, you'll just only be able to marry the crumbs and never the feast from the top of the table. But he wants to change that mentality in you, that you are created for importance. You're beautiful and wonderfully made. Amen. It says in Psalms 145, it goes on to say, Because he is your Lord, bow down to him. Let him just take the pressure off of you that you're unworthy. Let him show you how grateful you are. And then it says in verse 12, it says, The daughter of Tyre will come with gift and men of wealth. Say that with me, men of wealth. Now, every woman is looking for a wealthy guy. But in the Hebrew, this is what it means. Men, listen to this, men who have words of wealth. Come on, listen to me now. Men who have words of wealth. 
If you had to choose between somebody who had a big bank account or someone who spoke kindly and loving to you, what's more important to live the rest of your life with? You know, I'm a supporter of ladies uh, because my mom passed away with breast cancer. I, I, I support breast cancer, and, and I read stories, and there's this one story of this lady who had to have one of her breasts removed. And she was in the hospital bed, and she was feeling so down and depressed and because she had lost part of her body and the fighting of not feeling like she'll ever be uh, a, a turn-on or, or, or looked upon like she was by her husband before. And when they allowed her husband to go in after surgery, he went and sat on the, on the bed, and they were talking. He goes, you know what, baby? I can't wait to get you home. And she says, oh, no, no. She's, he says, yeah. He says, sweetheart, you, have, you are as beautiful and you'll always be as beautiful to me forever. You're the most beautiful woman, the finest woman I've ever seen. And you know, he healed her. He healed her because she couldn't heal herself. Maybe some of you, we've had some who have gone through that operation and different type of operations and you don't feel like you're as much of a woman or as much of a man and with the type of job and with the things that different people go through and feeling like a failure because you're not bringing in enough money and you're not able to do or bring the, everybody on vacation like you used to and things have been changing and you feel like a failure, that's when you've got to learn that if you will bless and compliment one another, no matter what losses you have suffered, no matter what you're going through, there's a healing that come inside of you and can bless you and can help you. Amen? Jesus would speak words to them and they would be healed. And let me finish with this real quickly. It says... As all, the, all glorious is the princess within her chamber. What I want to tell you about there is talking about her inner character. It's talking about what's not seen before people. It's so special to him. I know you like nobody else knows you. That's what makes you special. Then it goes in verse 14. Look at this. Young people are so important. It says, in an embroidered garment, she is led to the king. Her virgin companions follow her. In other words, she surrounds herself with people with like-type spirits and like-mindedness. They are attached to what is beautiful. They're not going around nagging, complaining, but they're going around. They're pure in spirit and pure in heart. And it says here in Genesis 2, 24, it says, Therefore shall man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. On your bulletin, you can see the word cleave there means to be firmly attached be firmly attached. Now, as I read that, I started thinking about something. And, and you know, we're still on a high about the saints winning the, the championship. I mean, you know, we're the champions. Amen. Well, listen, what did the saints, what were the saints able to do that they were never able to do before? Hold on to the ball. Am I right or am I right? You remember in the past how they would just drop the ball all the time? But you know what they were doing? They, the coach was saying how they, would, they were throwing handkerchiefs up in the air and they were learning how to catch the handkerchiefs and they would practice every day. And if you watch the Saints play, there was times they held onto that ball when it seemed absolutely impossible. They held onto that ball. I, I mean, sometimes just catching it with one hand. They had some of the most awesome catches this season. And when they would get, catch that ball, they would hold on to it and they weren't letting it go wide. They wanted the championship. How bad do you want your marriage. How much do you want to hold on and not let it go? When they're going through a hard time and they, 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 it may not be an easy time to be talking right now, are you just going to say, oh, okay, well, look, you could be on your own? Or are you going to say, no, I promise to cleave and hold on to you 
no matter for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, for sickness or in health, I promise to cleave to you and hold on to you, and I'm not letting you go no matter what. I'm going to love you, and I'm going to secure you. Amen. So as they practice every day, you've got to practice every day. A good marriage has to be worked on. You've got to spend time and learn to communicate. You've got to take out old pictures, and you've got to read the things and, and bring up things that you might have forgotten that made that couple made you as a couple so special and and you need to tell them why you would love them all over again and one thing my wife and I always do is we always say I'd pick you all over again I'd pick you I'd pick you I bought her a little doll for a little Pepe Le Pew for Valentine's Day and he's holding a flower and he goes I pick you I pick you I pick you again and I said this is my message to you I pick you I pick you I pick you all over again and I would and you've got to tell each other that. You've got to sense their weaknesses, and you've got to bless and, and put into those areas to prepare them because the king sees them as precious. Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we come before you today, and Lord, I pray and I bless every marriage and every home. I bless right now every single person that right now is hurting on the inside. The desire to hear words and to be loved and complimented and Lord, those that are, that are going through such a hard time, they, they wake up on their own and they eat by themselves. And Lord, the pain and the hurt of their hearts, I pray for the singles right now. Lord, that even sitting through this message was like suffering because it was like, I'll never meet that person that'll make me feel like I'm the best in the world. It's hard for me to believe that anybody could ever love me after I've been through. And Lord, I'm a single mom with children. Who would really love me now? Who would really take care of me? Lord, I just pray your comfort and your peace over each and every life here. Lord, whatever circumstance, for the teen that's thinking that they'll never find true love. They're scared to fall in love. They've seen what happened to different ones they loved and they've given up on love. Lord, I just ask you to heal because the love is the greatest gift you gave us. And Lord, our mates are the greatest gift you gave us this side of heaven. You said it. So Lord, I just pray a restoration in marriages today. I pray that you heal and you refresh the romance and the love between each and every one. Lord, we dedicate the area of communication. Lord, I just ask you to bring up ideas in our hearts and minds and things to say in a new way, a fresh way. Let us not take it for granted that oh, they're married to me so they love me. I love them. Lord, let us not take each one granted, but help us, Holy Spirit, to captivate as Solomon did to where those praises just continue to flow. Lord, help us to better cleave to one another and not let one of us go. Lord, I just pray that over them in Jesus' name. And as your head is bowed and your eyes are closed, if there's someone here today that you're here and you say, I feel like that person that nobody could love. I don't even know if Jesus could love me. I feel like I'm so far from God. My life just doesn't seem to make sense. And I, I need to be rescued. If you're here today, just like you think that that man or that woman might come to your rescue, the one who can truly rescue your life and save you and deliver you from sin and deliver you from any past and give you a future is God. If you're here today and you'd like to say, I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I need forgiveness of my sins. I need to accept the sacrifice that he did upon the cross for me. If that's you, I need you to raise your hand right now. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you, sir. I see that hand. I see that hand. God bless you, sir. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. 
Anyone at today, I need to surrender my life. Maybe you've already received. God bless you, sister. God bless you. Maybe you've already surrendered to him before, but you want to come back today and get it right with God. If that's you and you feel like, you know, I'm the crumbs. But I want to stop being of what's left over and insignificant. And I want to be something. I want to be somebody. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Anyone else? Anyone else today? Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. God bless you, sis. I see that hand. Precious hands. Precious lives. Raise your hand and be redeemed. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. God bless you, sir. I see those hands. There's hands being raised here today. People who need and desire a new beginning to be a new person. Anyone else? I want to invite those who raise their hands. Would you come, please come? And, and you can have a friend come with you. You don't have to come by yourself. But there was a number of people raise their hands all over. In the back, come, come. Come and stand right here. Come and stand and face me. Sis, come. That person with you could come. Yes, come. Come. I want a brother and a sister behind each and every one, please. I need a fresh new beginning. I want the best that God has for me, and it starts with salvation and rededication of your life to Him as Lord and Savior. We see this couple coming. Come. Come. There was another little sister. You raised your hand. Would you come, please? Come and let us pray with you. Come. If you didn't raise your hand and you desire to come, come. Receive a refreshing. Receive a touch from the Lord. Come and get a healing. Come and get a healing from God. Come and get a healing from the Holy Spirit. If you've gone through rejection, any type of hurt, you're hurting right now. You need healing from those hurts. Would you come right now and let the Holy Spirit just minister to you and love you. Rescue your feelings. Rescue your emotions. Heal you of your hurts. Anyone else? We'll give you an opportunity to come. Anyone else? Sweet Holy Spirit. Christians, I ask you to pray. Pray for these precious lives. Look at these men that are up here. Look at these dear ladies who are up here. Just raise your hands and pray for them today. Sweet Holy Spirit of God. You can come. 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 Come and receive healing today. Come and receive healing today. Come, come. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Be praying, saints. Be praying. These people today, many of them, they need miracles in their lives, healing in their hearts. Pray for them. Oh, hallelujah. God bless you. Come, young man. Hallelujah. Precious Jesus. Someone to stand behind this young man. Quickly. Sweet Holy Spirit of God. See, God is doing restoration. He's healing. Bring restoration, Holy Spirit of God. Bring restoration. Jesus. 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 Oh, Holy Spirit, come upon every life here. Let them leave here with transformed mind, transformed heart, a new beginning, a new life. Lord, free these from the hurts and the opinions of men and others that's told them all their life they weren't good enough, that they'll never be able to do better for themselves. We break that off of them in Jesus' name. 
Just pray peace and blessing on their lives in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. He is your hope. He is your peace. Now, I invite you to put your hand upon your heart. Put your hand upon your heart, because that's where we're going to invite Jesus to come right now. Just close your eyes and open your heart. As the Word of God says, if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Continue praying, saints. There's a healing, there's a work going on in lives right now. Raise your hands toward them, and let's pray this prayer. Dear God, I love you. And I surrender to you. Just as I am. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me. And cleanse me in your precious blood. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. And I invite you into my heart to be my personal Lord and my Savior. Wash my past away. Heal me of my hurts. Heal me of my emotions. In Jesus' name I pray. My hope is in you. Now, church, just pray for them in Jesus' name. Lord, we just thank you right now that you have saved them, and we pray restoration, blessing, peace, peace upon their lives. Lord, you know the hurts, the pains. Lord, we just pray against any form of self-rejection and hurt in these lives, and we just ask you to restore. Father, 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 that you see them as... That, that daughter, that son, walking freely and dancing freely before you. We speak restoration. Heal the hurts and the pains. Oh, God, I pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, all the guilt, all the condemnation, you wash it under the blood that is forgotten from the east to the west. Restore these men. Restore this future of our country. Our, Lord, bless these ones. Lord, whatever they've been fighting, whatever they've been wrestling, we ask you to give them victory over it, Father. In Jesus' name, Lord, we praise you for ministering and freeing. Because of your Son, Jesus, we thank you for the perfect work, the work of the Holy Spirit that's complete and whole, that our brothers and our sisters here this morning are not lacking anything. But, Lord, the complete work is being done. Lord, we just praise you. Healing. Healing it restoration of all the past of all the present and Lord a blessed future thank you Lord God that she is Lord beautiful and awesome in your sight that Lord God she's not lost she hasn't lost but Lord you will give her back everything that the enemy has tried to steal Lord the hurts the rejections from others being a place of leadership and yet so easily pointed out as the enemy. Lord, we just praise you for healing and touching and blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that the past is wiped away. She's new. New in mind, new in heart, new in emotion, new in body. Restore and bless this, your daughter, Father. Thank you for your peace that fills every void. There's no lack. We praise you, Father, Lord, she's precious. She's a princess before you, Lord. 
We bless her and we honor her in Jesus' name. Lord, praise you for bringing this couple to us. Thank you, Lord God, for this young lady, this wife. We ask you to minister to her every need. Every hurt, every void, all pain be healed out of her life. And we just pray for her and her husband, Lord. Bless their marriage. Bless their union. You brought them here, Father, Lord, out of where they were traveling and living for a purpose to restore them and to bless them. Lord, just take the loneliness and the hurt away and fill them with love and peace, forgiveness. Lord, cover them and make all things new. Lord, we just praise you, Father. You are making things new. Hallelujah, you are, Lord. You're blessing this life. You rescued her, and you will continue to rescue her. And Lord, there will never be nothing of the past that will, Lord, pull her down, but she's going forward into the greater, the perfect things you've prepared for her. We bless her in the precious name of Jesus. And Lord, for these two young boys, Lord, you know their hearts, Father. They were moved today. Lord, I just ask you to touch, to bless, to refresh. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I dedicate them to you, Father. I dedicate their mind, their spirits, their souls, their bodies, their emotions. Lord, you know the wrestlings. You know the hurt. Lord, you know know what this young man has gone through. There are things between you and him, things that he has opened up to you about. Lord, you know the area of his life he's crying out to you over right now. I just pay healing and restoration. I thank you, Father, right now he will live and do your will and be blessed by you. Lord, I bless him. I bless him with a fatherly blessing. I say, what a fine young man he's growing into. What a good-looking young man. What a bright young man. What a strong young man. I thank you for a leader right here. He's gone through many things that have tried to pull him down, but I see a leader saved, born again, and dedicated for your glory. Bless him and honor him, I pray, both of these. In the precious name of Jesus, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a praise. Let's praise Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's somebody behind you to take your name and address so we can keep in touch with you. So honored to have you all today. Mi hermano, que gusto verte de nuevo. Dios le bendiga. Let's give the Lord one more praise. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, this is wonderful, glorious, hallelujah. Listen, we love you, brother. You can stand up, brother Jake's going to dismiss us, and we'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock. God bless you. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful message, Lord, this morning, God. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that we are going to be able to Father, just take it all in the day, Lord, and just download everything, Father, that you've had for us, Lord, that we would just look at each other, families, husbands, wives, Lord, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, cousins, Lord, friends, Lord, that we will all see each other in a different light, God, and that we would see the good that is within each person, Lord God, and Father, to just love that person the way you would have loved them, Jesus. Father, Jesus, you did not know any strangers, Lord, and you received everyone for who they are, and you did everything you could in your powers to reach out to them and to heal them, their brokenness, Father. So, God, let that same anointing be upon us, Lord, as we go into our daily lives and our walks with you, Lord, and reaching out to others, Father, so that we can see the lost come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.